You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Tempo Film. I'm Steve. And I'm John. John, you're back at the VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. We are doing our third Batman animated. Well, it's not animated series movies. It's just Batman animated movies. That's how I should really say it. Don't want to confuse anyone because we're past the Batman animated series. We're on to Batman Beyond the Return of Joker. In Fall 2000, beware of his presence. The arch enemy is back. He will threaten the city. He's a maniac. <laughs> with awful power. <laughs> and no one can help. No one except. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. The first feature-length Batman Beyond movie coming exclusively to video Fall 2000. And this time, he's not alone. I was going to say we are beyond the animated series. Throw my, my pun. I have to get, you know, X amount of puns per podcast. Yes, I expect four puns. <laughs> and each one of them are like kills in a horror film. They have to be 10 minutes, 15 minutes apart. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You got to spread them out. You can't, you know, put everything in the beginning or whatever. Uh, let's get into our history of Batman Beyond the Return of the Joker, which is a really long title. So I'm just going to say Batman Beyond from now on. That's, that sounds good. Uh, so had you seen this before I made you watch it? Um, I guess I hadn't finished it. I saw bits and pieces and funny enough i saw um you know went down youtube rabbit holes where it would show the um the edits from what you know was originally there and what they changed in different versions and stuff like that i watched the even though i have the vhs uh, i just watched the trailers and then i wanted to watch it in my living room so i watched it on hbo and then we both found out through researching that oh there's two different cuts but i'm pretty sure we both watch the uncut version i agree that's very interesting so both of us watching this for the first time now what about the show did you ever watch the show not really i i watched the beginning so i kind of know it's uh like it's basic you know the basic background story of it um but i never really watched it after that yeah i don't find the character of batman beyond very interesting i mean he's got you know kind of the classic background of Something bad happened to his parents, and now he's on his own. I think his dad died, and then mm -hmm. he stole Batman's suit, and he gets revenge, and then Batman's like, well, I guess the world needs another Batman. <laughs> so keep the suit, and I'll train you. Because at this right. point in the show, I assume, Robin had quit. But what about Nightwing? I think uh, he's off in another city. He's not in Gotham, so I think that's why we don't see or hear much. Because Barbara Gordon, who is now the commissioner, she references him. I can't remember what she said now that I that I think about it, but she mentions that you know he went and tried to make a name for himself in another city. So 
he might still be around, but he would also be pretty old because the Robin is, he doesn't look young necessarily. And the original Robin was older than him. So I would assume that maybe he has retired as well. Now, I know the animation style is clearly different in this, but Robin was also different. He looked like he was four foot tall. Yeah, he was definitely that kind of uh, little kid version of Robin where he was like, you know, the teenager instead of like a 20 year old or whatever. He definitely looked like he was 12. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand why they did that. There are different storylines of Robin. I think there are ones where... um, they made him a little bit younger. Oh, you know, when he's doing the flying trapeze show and stuff, when his parents pass away and he's, I think definitely more of a kid, I think in some storylines. And so I think they went with that version. Do you think they're doing that for kids to relate to it when they're watching it on Saturday morning? I mean, that would make a lot of sense to me. I wonder why. Cause if you think about it logically, why would a superhero want a child on their side? Right. <laughs> be constantly babysitting them during the fight. Oh, man, getting into this VHS, looking at the front here. When Now, when I mentioned, you know, the animation style is different. I think the front really shocked me when I first picked up this VHS because I had barely watched the TV show. Um, and by that, I basically mean I had watched the promos. Mm-hmm. And then I, I watched a few moments here and there and kind of understood the story. But I think mostly it was people explaining to me what the story was. So when I look at this VHS and I saw it, I was like, what the hell is this? I, yai, yai, what, what is going on here? But I think this style became very popular in the late 90s, early to mid 2000s mm-hmm. because of all the animation was I don't think any longer was being done on cells. This had all moved over to computer. And it has that look. Uh, They hadn't quite got the technology like they have now where they can make it look like it's cell animation, but it's created on whatever we're using to create these animations now. Yeah. And they pick a lot of one color or two colors only for characters. Batman, you know, I understand that they have to change the appearance and make him his own Batman. I get that. I don't mind Mm -hmm. the black and red. Every character is the same. Like the Joker is more like this gray green with a black onesie on. I I don't know what he's wearing. Yeah. And that was something that didn't. It was weird to me that. Yeah. Because, you know, spoiler alert to what happens. Like what there is a drastic shift from one person to the next. And I didn't understand why if he was turning into the Joker, why would the Joker kind of look different as well? Why is this? hairstyle different um and yeah it just seems like a limited color yeah yeah (laughs) why did his clothes change yeah and uh yeah it just seems in general there's a very limited color palette and i don't know if that was a a style choice or with just what they you know what they could do with what they were working with that i i didn't know i didn't get it either and i'm gonna assume most of it is an artistic choice in the show to give them a distinct look from the animated series. Uh, and same thing with with the Batman and Robin series that they had that was short lived. And I think they did even a Batgirl. Like, I, I think they did a bunch of little shows after Batman, the animated series, because the animated series, I believe, ran four or five seasons. Then you had mm-hmm. the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Yeah. 
And for some reason, I think there's like a Batgirl adventures or something in there. Yeah, she's definitely more prevalent, prevalent. She's definitely more around. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I understand what you're saying. Yes. (laughs) Words hard. I understand. Yarp. I don't remember her having her own thing, but I do remember her being like, she was almost in every episode for a while. And I do want to say, I remember that younger version of Robin and more than this Batman Beyond episode. And so, and so I'm not my memory. I'm going based off my memory of it. And so I don't know if I'm making up stuff and filling in gaps or if that's real stuff or not. Now that I think about it, I'm wondering if Batgirl was just in the new adventures of Batman and Robin so much that I have created my own show spinoff <laughs> from that show in my mind. Yeah. Which could have happened. <laughs> could happen. <laughs> because in this one, you know, she's wearing more of just like a black and yellow suit, which was something that she had for a while. But she definitely started in that kind of gray and blue suit, a lot like Batman was in the uh, first animated series. Yes, fun trivia from the Batman and Mr. Freeze movie. Did you know Batgirl is always wearing blue? <laughs> <laughs> always wearing a blue. Her dress is also blue. If you guys want to understand that joke, go back to our Mr. Freeze and Batman Sub-Zero episode. You'll understand that our IMDb trivia is on point. Yes. One might say you might have to freeze this one and then go back and listen to the other. Nailed it. Yes. At the, like, 10-minute mark, basically. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Wow, John. You're (laughs) on it today. Whatever's in your coffee, continue to drink it. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, oh man, let's actually describe this VHS. You've got the giant Joker in the background with his traditional green, but he looks weird. Yeah, a green face. I don't remember Joker having a green face. No, yeah, I shouldn't say his traditional look. Uh, his green that we're, you know, kind of associate. Joker's always green and purple in my mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. Green for his hair, purple for his suit. But this, mm-hmm. they just go green face. Yeah, I don't get it. This is the second animated movie in a row where I don't get why they're having a hard time with the covers. Yeah. This does not attract me to watch it. This confuses me. Mm-hmm. Is that how Joker's going to look in the movie? No, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> no. And if you open it up and it, it makes one long image and it makes it look like Batman is standing next to himself because yeah. the buildings connect to each other. And so there's like one where he's like crouching and diving over the side of a building. The other one, he's just standing up. And I was like, is, is there two of him? Like, uh, yeah, it just, just doesn't make sense. I've got the clamshell pulled up on online, but as you can hear the plastic, I've also got my clamshell right here. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why I need both, but I'm surrounded by the cover of this film now. Get rid of Joker in the background on the front. All right. Let Batman be on his own. And then mm-hmm. put Joker on the back. So the jo- the green Joker face is giving off a green light. And it's they've even painted him in the back as if he's still there. Like that light is giving it. Yeah. And so like he's purposely supposed to be there. So it just makes even less sense to me. Yeah, he's like a floating head. Yeah. It's bad enough in all these normal movies that we get, the floating heads of the 2000s. But now mm-hmm. you're doing it in the animated movies. Come on. This is ridiculous. It's it's huge too. It takes up like two thirds of the cover of the bo- of the box. 
Yeah, only on a VHS podcast can you like have someone, two men, <laughs> just complain about the cover. Grown of the adult VHS. men, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is not good enough. I don't understand. Uh, and then you know, at the bottom we've got Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, and the new Batman logo. But they cover up the new Batman logo. I understand it's on Batman Beyond's chest. Okay, I get yeah. that. But why do you put the logo and then? plastered the title over the new what why yeah and it's not like it's centered like it's like you know the words are are placed centered over it it's it's off to the side it's covering part of it not all of it it doesn't make sense to us art school nerds yeah this this reminds me of like an artist did probably a, a cool badass version and then some big wig was just like, nah, you got to put Joker in the background. <laughs> yeah, of uh, course. Uh, people got to know Joker's in it. Yeah, but yeah. the movie's called Return of Joker. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. You put him in the background and then they, and they probably painted Joker's yeah. face the normal color. Why don't we color. make him green? Uh, Joker's face isn't green. Well, I mean, we got to know that he's a clown. He's I a th- big giant white face. <laughs> Inside their mind. The yeah. The clown in this room is you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop telling me how to do my job. Let's put a, uh, let's, let's put another Batman on the same scene. Why would we do that? What's well, on the back. People aren't going to know. <laughs> the, slowly becoming Nixon again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always. I am an artist. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Get no. out of my, please get out of my office. Uh. Uh, you don't even work here. <laughs> Why are we taking your advice again? <laughs> you ruined. You already ruined Batman and Mr. Free Sub-Zero. And who's writing these titles? Why are they so long? I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's read the description here. We've got, we've got the first feature length Batman Beyond movie. I've got news for you. It's the only. so the description here it is no laughing matter when the greatest villain of all comes out of the past to threaten batman bruce wayne and all of gotham in batman beyond return of the joker the sleeker deadlier and seemingly immortal clown prince of crime is back with his own unique brand of havoc and mayhem while trying to uncover the joker's secrets the new batman terry mcginnis discovers the greatest mystery in the life of the original cape crusader what happened the night he fought the jo- Jesus this is hard to read. What happened the night he fought Joker for the last time when Bruce Wayne is almost killed in one of the Joker's latest attacks? Batman vows to avenge his mentor and put the Joker to rest forever. Get ready for the heart-stopping action, awesome adventure and amazing revelations in Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Now, if you're looking at the VHS back why do they use this like really weird thin font this is hard to read yeah i had i that whole time you were doing that i had to go in and find a better version so i could read along and it took forever to finally zoom in where i could be like okay now i can actually like read that comfortably yeah and it also seems weird that like it says when bruce wayne is almost killed and then later on it says batman vows to re avenge his mentor i was like Oh, right. Two Batmans. Confused. <laughs> Brain <laughs> not working. Uh, 
The coffee's kicked in, folks. I swear. It's just not clicking. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is the copy that I'm looking at online, it says it's not rated. I saw that too. I don't think they rated this movie. So I watched it on HBO and it was rated PG-13. Oh, but this it one is looks like rated. It's... Yeah, it's rated now. It was not rated when it came. Okay, so there is, this is weird. There is the, because my VHS I have right here says mm-hmm. not rated. Okay. Okay, but it's the cut version. Uh, now, the DVD came out and had the uncut version. And I think okay. every release since then, you know, the Blu-ray that came out uh, at whatever time and what's on HBO. So I think the only way you can get the cut version is the VHS. I could be wrong. I don't. I haven't looked at every Batman beyond the return of Joker release, but that's what I'm seeing. (laughs) I'm watching them side by side at the same time. Let's put this tape in. (laughs) Now available on video and DVD. The trailers on these, we do have some trailers. Now these are probably all going to be new to you unless you happen to look them up. Mm. But we had first, it starts with a Batman beyond promo. So if you're a kid and you're renting the Batman Beyond movie without watching the show, you get a promo of what the show's about. Let's go. Super villains, beware. There's a new Batman in town. Batman Beyond. Weeknights at 630 you're pretty strong for some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman. Justice returns to Gotham. Welcome to my world. Apparently, even they knew. They're like, I don't think many people are watching this show. <laughs> I, I don't know what that's about. I always find that funny because it also like attaches the band that does the song to this movie. Mephisto Odyssey. I've I have no idea who they are. Oh really? Isn't Mephisto's a character? Yeah, Mephisto's a Marvel character. Scooby Doo, Alien Invaders. They uh, WB loves to promote these Scooby Doo films and these VHSs back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And these movies of the Scooby Doo are so much better than the show, in my opinion. Because the show they were spitting out an episode like you know twenty something, thirty something a year or whatever it was back in the day. I haven't seen any of them except for the classic ones. I don't know how many people on the regular are like, I want to watch a Scooby-Doo film today. It's just (laughs) something that doesn't come up. Let's see. Then we had um, Pokemon 2000, Pikachu's something adventure. I don't remember. My notes, it just looks like Scribble. So whatever. Uh, Rescue (laughs) adventure thing. It's It's one of the Pokemon films. I never watched these either. Yeah, I haven't either. Then we had My Dog Skip. That's another one I've seen on the WB VHSs a lot. I remember that title. Yeah, Kevin Bacon. Uh, and then we had The Little Vampire. This was the kid from Jerry Maguire. Oh, really? I don't know what happened to him. Uh, he just was a cute kid with a big head. <laughs> I think he <laughs> he grew up and then looked normal and everyone's like, oh, well. You've lost your charm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the last one is this is hilarious it's mvp most valuable primate wait a minute it's a monkey the producers of air bud would like you to meet jack 
the rookie player who skates a little faster, shoots a little harder, and is driving everyone bananas. MVP, most valuable primate. Are we gonna have like monkey bars in here and stuff? The 90s and their animal films. Yeah. Just absurd. Absolutely. Before our feature presentation, let's listen to a Kickstarter ad from our friends at WLP Radio. Haley Piper, Patrick Lacey, S.E. Howard, Waylon Jordan, and Jeremy Herbert. Five acclaimed authors of horror and dark fiction. Their twisted tales appeared in the acclaimed horror anthology Worst Laid Plans from Grindhouse Press. Now, their tales of vacation terror are coming to the big screen in a feature film adaptation from Genre Blast Films. Five acclaimed genre filmmakers will bring these stories to life. Samantha Koyesnik, John Hale, Vanessa Yonta Wright, Michael Escobedo, and Jeremy Herbert. Worst Laid Plans. Now crowdfunding on Indiegogo. This is one vacation you'll be dying to take. <laughs> and now, our feature presentation. This is the type of movie that immediately puts you in a fight. And you're kind of like in the middle of a fight, it seems like. Uh, you know, to start you off, you know, th these kids, uh, they have no attention span. It's got to be, it's got to start a fight immediately. And we get introduced to a bunch of the new characters from Batman Beyond. Do you think they're trying to do a Raiders of the Lost Ark thing where they're starting, you know, at the climax of the old movie and as you go into the new one? That would have been a good idea, but this is actually part of their technology stealing stuff. So it's actually right. about this movie. Yeah, that makes sense. If it would have been another bad guy ending, you know, the movie, that would have been a good idea. We had the fight, and I started to notice right away that a lot of the backgrounds are incredibly simple and stylized, which is fine. But I think the reason it worked better in Batman the Animated Series is because of the shadows, the darkness. Mm -hmm. This world, on the other hand, is very bright. You know, it takes place in the future, so I think they're trying to be like everything is a, a simple shape, but it also, it just uh, it just looks too abstract and too uh, very much an after afterthought. Like, oh yeah, we got a... We forgot about the backgrounds for the whole movie. Some of them, like, especially when they're flying, doing the whole mm -hmm. fly chase scene, the backgrounds are really bad. And I I understand, you know, it's a it's quick moving, quick cuts and all that. So people aren't paying attention. But I was and it really took me out of the beginning of the film. <laughs> I'm like, this looks bad compared to what I expect an animated film to look like. Oh, I just remember that was like one of the first things you told me. You were like, take a look at the backgrounds. Yeah. Like, okay, I will. And that probably has to do with both of our animation background, drawing, mm -hmm. growing up, probably wanting to work on these films. When you look yeah. at them, you're like, mm, no, no, <laughs> that's not right. But I think this had a lot to do with the smaller budget. I don't know if we brought this up yet, but we definitely did before the podcast that this isn't really a, a film. It is a film, but it really just feels like an extension of the show. Yeah, it's just a long episode. And it's also a long episode that can't escape the shadow of its past being Batman the Animated Series. Because in the middle of the movie, for like what seems like 15 minutes, 
we have a flashback to the animated series. Mm-hmm. Which is really weird. Yeah. You don't see many films just go, yeah, we're kind of just going to change our style. Right. And even Joker's voice changes. Yeah, I did notice that didn't, he did sound a little bit, and I don't know if that was uh, done on purpose or what, because it it's it's still the same guy. It's still Mark Hamill, but he sounds younger. You've lost, Batman. Robin is mine. The last sound you hear will be our laughter. Here you go, sonny boy. Make daddy proud. Deliver the punchline. You know, in the story, the Joker has planted a device on a young Robin. And over the years, essentially, he's turning Robin back into the Joker using, you know, cutting edge DNA stuff so that eventually so Robin is a host for the Joker. And eventually the Joker will have enough practice to completely fully take over Robin's body and therefore live another 40 plus years or whatever. And uh, when he's that way, he also knows everything that Robin knows. And so he's like a really good, he's really good at computers. He obviously knows who Batman and that whole posse is. And so I'm not sure if it was a, purposeful thing because he's you know, got a little bit of a different personality in there mm-hmm. that he sounds different but i'm not sure if that's what they were going for but it wasn't really explained so that it was very uh black and white if that was what they were going for or not i think it was he's a different person sort of because he's inside robin's body we totally gave away the uh spoiler. yeah like the did. entire movie we just gave away which is funny uh but i don't know how many people <laughs> are listening to this being like Oh, I can't wait for them to talk about Batman Beyond the Return of Joker because it's so popular. (laughs) I've been waiting (laughs) since they started this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) The way this movie is structured is odd to me because this is a Batman Beyond movie, but it's actually not because the whole second half is basically just a Joker and Robin movie Mm -hmm. where Batman Beyond is in the story and showing everyone he's not Batman, the old Batman. He's a new Batman. Right. It's like watching an old Batman animated series now. It is done by the people who worked on that. Uh, Bruce Timm and Paul Dini were the ones that made this movie, so it's easy for that to to see why. Yeah, I just think you got to pick a direction. Are you going to do... I, I know this has a lot to do with they wanted to do another Batman the Animated Series movie but the WB wanted them to do Batman Beyond movie. So I think this is them morphing and, you know, meeting in the middle and compromising where everyone loses, mostly the viewers. Ooh, ouch. Ooh, ah. <laughs> do a Batman Beyond movie or do a Batman animated series. Yeah. Terry McGinnis here can't really stand on his own two feet, in my opinion. Right, because it's a lot of this is about the history of Bruce Wayne. And yeah, Terry is... Yeah kind of stuck in the middle like you're saying it's not what i wanted to see i I guess that's just the simplest way to put this is terry mcginnis is struggling being the new batman it's tiring it's affecting his personal life with his girlfriend which his girlfriend is played by rachel lee cook now rachel lee cook a lot of voices in this from the 90s just come back Mm -hmm. i mean will will friddle who is in the older brother in boy meets world is terry mcginnis's voice yeah the famous legendary Mark Hamill as the Joker, doing right. basically two Jokers. Yeah. Dean Stockwell as Tim Drake. 
playing the older Robin. There's a lot of people. Who, who you have old? Melissa Joan Hart uh, from Clarissa Explains It All. She's the Dee Dee characters. Mm-hmm. You got Henry Rollins as Bonk. Frank Welker, another legend, playing Wolf, which mm-hmm. is, I guess, the human hyena hybrid yeah they barely explain he's like oh they're starting to splice now he's a hyena human and then you're like okay that's just that's it all the backstory and of course kevin conroy as bruce wayne Mm -hmm. the only batman bruce wayne voice i know i'm sure there uh, there's plenty of other voice actors that probably played bruce wayne Mm -hmm. i just don't know them because kevin conroy is always bruce Whenever I think of Batman, that's the voice I hear in my head. I think it's the majority of people's mm-hmm. voice they hear in their head. We've got Terry McGinnis, new Batman Beyond, doing his thing. But then we got Bruce Wayne, who wants to return to run his business, Wayne Enterprise. Is it called Enterprise? Mm-hmm. Enterprises, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then we get introduced to a Joker. And I was trying to figure this out as we're going on, because I thought they were going to keep him in the shadows and mm-hmm. then slowly reveal him. But they reveal him pretty quick, like within 15 minutes. They're like, oh, the Joker's back. And he is menacing. He straight up kills Bonk. Mm-hmm. Shoots him. And he talks, yeah, that's how we did it in the old days. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't think you really killed anyone back in the old days, but you certainly do on this film. Mm-hmm. When I watched Mass of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero, I noted multiple times, wow, these are violent. And they were the most violent I had seen because I'd not seen many Batman animated movies. I don't know why. I just never really watched them. They were never on my radar. They are now. And now I'm realizing, wow, these things are violent. Like, I know the Batman films are violent. I mean, obviously, that's what I want. I'm just surprised. I guess they're just being the movies for people in their 20s and 30s now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're much more violent now. Well, I think, too, and it kind of shows just how everything goes, because originally there was a cut version, and it's uh, it looks like it was like three minutes sh- shorter, and they cut out like uh, complicated fight moves to where it would only look like it was one punch instead of, you know, a series of punches. They'd add flashing lights whenever you heard someone getting hit, so you didn't kind of see it. They cut out blood, and that was on its original what was released, and then now all the versions you get look like it's the uncut version and how it's just like, well... Mm-hmm. it's just now it doesn't seem violent but at the time i think people were like you know maybe this is a little too much but nowadays to, to nowadays standards i think they're like yeah why why did we even have the cut version well after columbine in 99 and then 9-11 in 2001 i love how i have i just said 9-11 was in 2001 just in case no one remembers um right everyone freaking remembers. wait what happened that day yeah cartoons they were worried they were scared for a while movies were they were toning them down or they were going even farther you know like the hostels and stuff like that so you had it was weird and zombies came out and superheroes and all this after 9-11 and columbine it was a different america mm-hmm. and i just think wb was scared they're like cut it yeah these parents are gonna come after us and yeah. nowadays we look back at it and you're like, it doesn't really matter. You can show whatever you want on TV. Right. <laughs> Something terrible is going to apparently happen no matter what. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of sadness. You listen to our podcast to get depressed. <laughs> Don't worry. Plenty of good things in the world. Like coffee. Nom, 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 nom. Robin gets captured. Batman, Batgirl. This is a the cutback. You know, the flashbacks. Robin gets captured. The Joker mm-hmm. and Harley Quinn do experiments, genetic experiments, and apparently latch a microchip into Robin. Mm-hmm. They make him, you know, they give him the Joker's chemicals that make him smile. Shock therapy, yeah. all sorts of stuff. They torture him and get all kinds of information out, out of him. Joker knows who Batman is. He knows he's Bruce Wayne. He knows all of his secrets. And it's pretty interesting. And then Robin kills the Joker. Shoots him right in the chest with that gun. Well, you know, there's a fight where, you know, he's helping them out, of course, and then Joker stabs Batman, which is one of the first times we see that. You mentioned that earlier. I don't remember if it was before we started talking or after we started recording. I just find it odd because that's Joker literally just takes out a knife and stabs him. Mm -hmm. And that's weird. That's not sadistic Joker weirdness. That is Christopher Nolan Joker, not cartoon Joker. So that happens, and then it's one of those moments, so Joker's holding up, barely hanging in there, Batman, and asking uh, Robin as, and he looks just like a little boy version of the Joker, you know, to shoot him, to shoot him, and, you know, Robin is crying and laughing hysterically at the same time, and ends up shooting the Joker, and uh, we find out, so that's how the Joker died, so it's adding confusion, because we're trying to figure out well, how is the Joker around 40 years later, and why is he not old? I was wondering if he was a clone. Yeah, that went through my mind as well. I feel like cloning in the 90s and 2000s was really big in films, mm-hmm. and maybe it's much bigger in my head, because there's a lot of these movies from the past where I'm like, probably a clone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the clone scapegoat. Yeah, so he kills the Joker. We go back into our time well the movie's time not our time because uh, we have no idea when this timeline is is it like the 2050s 40s i don't yeah i don't know uh that's probably something explained in the show but not in the movie or maybe they just keep it blank you know like it future well yeah and it's kind of like i feel they never really said when the animated series took place it was You know, it looked like it was the 20s, the 30s, but it also had computers. So, you know, it was one of those kind of nameless times. Yeah, and we get Tim Drake in the future. who He's quit. He's no longer Robin. Uh, Killing the Joker has really caused him a lot of problems. Uh, He has bad dreams, which we end up finding out that's actually Joker being inside his body, which is weird. And we talked about this Mm -hmm. before this. This whole outline of what the Joker is doing is not really the Joker to me. This is a Bond villain. He's getting technology together, DNA experiments to control a satellite laser. That's a Bond villain. That's like that's not really what the Joker would do. Mm-hmm. He's more about like blowing up the structure of society, not blow up a city. What is he going to do with it other than just like draw a picture? Yeah, he was going to do a smiley face, but it was going to take out Terry's mother's house. It was going to take out Wayne Manor and some other place. See, the thing is, is like the Joker never really wants to kill Batman in most of these comic books that I, and animated series that I remember reading and watching. 
the Joker loves Batman because he loves to torture, torment him. Why would he want to kill him? Mm-hmm. Where's the fun in that? Right. And that was something that continued on to Nolan's Joker. Like, you can't kill me. We need each other type thing. This right. is just too much fun. Mm-hmm. That seems something very consistent throughout my timeline that I know of Joker. I could be wrong. I've not read every comic series, every storyline, watched every movie of the animated movies. Okay. But that's what I have in my mind. I just find it strange in this one where Joker wants Robin to kill him. He tries to kill him. All this stuff. It just doesn't seem very Joker-like. I could see him like maiming Robin. That made a lot of sense. You know, where he didn't actually kill Robin. He Mm -hmm. turned him into a little Joker and tortured him. Probably not even to torture Robin. It was more to torture Batman. Yeah. There's some type of things like you can't protect. You can't do the main thing that you're supposed to be doing for the city. You can't even do it to the person who's closest to you. Mm-hmm. That's that's Joker. There's yeah, definitely elements of that, but then there are things like yeah, like you're saying like Joker always seemed to kind of like he didn't. It seemed like his planning wasn't like crazy far into the future. He came up with an idea, and it might be you know a few weeks in the making that type of thing. It never seemed like he was had a really grand scheme that took place years in the future. And so I think it's weird that mm-hmm. you know he plants a microchip so that. 40 years in the future he can finally take over the host body of robin and and, you know run amok again yeah like you're saying it just doesn't seem like something the joker would do the new batman stops joker batman beyond uh it's a fun little fight at the end he wraps it up pretty quickly gets all the joker gang to jail and then we you know have a laugh for the harley quinn's i guess granddaughters in the flashback, it shows that Harley Quinn looks like she falls and probably dies, but, you know, they never find the body, they say. And at the end, uh, the two little DDs, which look kind of look like Harley Quinn's of the future, mm-hmm. are getting picked up. And this was something I thought was funny. Like, there's all these futuristic way everybody dresses, but Harley Quinn, as an old lady, dresses just like an old lady would, like, in the 30s. <laughs> And just looks like an old lady. I thought it was the grandma from Looney Tunes at first. <laughs> yeah, totally looks like her. That holds like uh, has Tweety as a pet. Yeah, definitely her. And yeah. that might be, you know, kind of a joke that they put her in that because it's WB. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely a, like her eyes. I recognize was like that looks like Harley Quinn's eyes. And then they called her uh, uh, Nana Harley. And I was like, oh, I bet that's her. When Terry checks on the dog, when Bruce Wayne gets Joker's chemicals and Terry oh, saves yeah. his life, they caught in a Looney Tunes clip on their television. That was weird. Yeah, because it's not, it's a completely different style. It was like in Wally when they had the live action footage yeah. in Wally. And you're like, what? why would you do that? Yeah, that's still the only part in Wally that I don't like. Yeah. And I didn't like it in this. I get what they're trying to do, but I just I don't think it's necessary. What what is it like adding to the it's not adding to the movie. Mm-hmm. It's taking you out of the film, which yeah. I don't think is something I don't know. There's some people who can do it and pull it off. Like think pulp fiction when she does the square. Mm-hmm. 
Tarantino's Tarantino. It's wacky. But like this didn't work in this, in my opinion. I don't think it worked in Wally. And it doesn't work in probably like 90% of the stuff, in my opinion. Have your own opinion if you think it's cool that, you know, they kind of do experimental stuff like that. Fine. Other weird stuff inside this is the scarecrow doing Christopher Walken. Yeah, well, his name is Ghoul. According to the yeah. according to IMDb, but yeah, it's it's the Michael Rosenbaum who plays Lex Luthor in Smallville, and Flash, and a bunch of the other animated uh, series stuff. His voice for this is kind of just like Christopher Walken, and the drawing of him in some in some ways. And I don't know if it's you know like a uh, because you hear the voice, you're kind of making you know making it look like that. But he does kind of look a little bit like Christopher Walken in the face. He's very bony, and his hair is not the same, but it, you know, if you were to paint Christopher Walken's face into kind of a scarecrow, yeah, kind of looks like him. Heavily guarded, and I remember something like that. It took me out right when he like first did. I go, "What are we doing, Christopher Walken? What is happening here?" I um, well, I knew he could do that voice because he and the main guy Tom Welling in Smallville, they would they were outtakes of them doing their lines as Christopher Walken back and forth. Uh, and I had okay. seen that before, and as I was seeing this, and I was like, oh yeah, he does, oh yeah, I was starting to come together. I had saw behind the scenes where he talked about doing that as a voice for this, and how he was like, I wasn't trying to really be him, but I was being him, because he is ghoulish, He's, you know, something along those lines. Another weird thing I noticed was Mark Hamill is doing the voice of the Wayne Enterprises, like, new leader, yeah, I thought he was Joker. So I did thought, I, yeah. I thought it was him, and, you know, somehow he was, I didn't think it was like a host body necessarily, but, uh, you know, something more along those lines. Because they even kind of looked similar. They both had kind of mm -hmm. pointed noses. They had like a similar hairstyle. Well, it was clearly supposed to be like a red herring, but it was disposed of so quickly and like never actually went into depth on it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, he was arrested. And, you know, the new Batman's like, oh, that's yeah. not him. I recorded it. I think he tried to kill Bruce Wayne, right? I don't know. He was, well, he was in line for, uh, you know, to be the successor for Wayne Enterprises and Bruce Wayne coming back kind of took him out of that running. And so, yeah, he didn't think he was supposed to, I think he hired the Joker gang to make him so he wouldn't be able to come to work. And they almost like tried to kill him. And he was like, that's not what I hired you for or something like that. It glossed over it. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, you're not the Joker. <laughs> Got it. Who is the Joker then? Yeah. 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 I was surprised that it was Robin. So I give them that. Uh, the story was good enough. I don't dislike this movie. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it, but mm -hmm. I don't like it. And I certainly don't love it. It is a very middling movie because there are some good things, but a lot of it I also don't like. <sighs> I mean, it's hard because you're living in the shadow of Batman, the animated series, which, in my opinion, is one of the best of all the superhero animated shows. Yeah. It was just something that was special. Uh, they got enough money to do what they wanted, and they kind of just established the look and feel of Batman that I feel is just really hard change and capture. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen more of the Batman looks in these films. And I think a lot of them are cool, but I feel the reason they are cool is because they establish their own look. Now, some of the looks I've looked at, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that, but a lot of them, I'm like, that looks cool. You established your own look. This Batman beyond just feels like too much of a mismatch. You're combining too much. You're, you know, 
you're having your cake, eating it too. It's not working. Uh, any last words on Batman Beyond Return of the Joker? I agree that there there are moments that I like. There are moments that I could nitpick just because, you know, I'm more of a fan of the animated series. Um, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Okay, let's get on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle or the animated film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our wing of the Batman animated movie. I'm going to let the guests go first. Ah, okay. I'm going to put in uh, the fact of what Joker did to Robin. Because that to me is like the most Joker thing. Like you had mentioned earlier, like him taking and turning Robin into the Joker, the thing, you know, that they are fighting. Like that to me is like the only thing that I like really was like, that's messed up. That's the Joker. So that was kind of the the thing I would take away. And I put that into the museum. That's a good piece. Because honestly, I think the only really super interesting thing in this film is the Robin and the Joker. Like what happens to Robin, what the Joker does, because I really mm-hmm. think Batman Beyond Terry McGinnis is just kind of there. They're trying to establish him at the end where he's talking trash to the Joker and making him mad. Don't play psychoanalyst with me, boy. Oh, I don't need a degree to figure you out. The real reason you kept coming back was you never got a laugh out of the old man. I'm not hearing this. Get a clue, clowny. He's got no sense of humor. He wouldn't know a good joke if it bit him in the cape. Not that you ever had a good joke. Shut up. Shut up! I mean, joy buzzers, squirting flowers, lame. Where's the A material? Make a face, drop your pants, something. Show yourself. You make me laugh. But only because I think you're kind of pathetic. (laughs) Stop that! At the end of the day, you know, like after a year passes of this film, I'll look back and I'll only really remember the Joker. Yeah. And it's the Mark Hamill animated series Joker, not the jumpsuit Joker. Um, It's like when he like is fully transformed in a way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to put a lump of coal in the museum on this. I'm actually going to put a prop that made me laugh. Uh, I even made a note about it. So when he has... At the end, when Batman, you know, I can't remember if it was a flashback or if it's Terry McGinnis's Batman coming, but they have a jack in a box that pops up and it has a grenade and then it like pulls the pin in the grenade. Yeah. I just cracked up when I saw that prop because I was like, that, that's Joker. Mm hmm. Yeah, because it's Joker. And he took over this film because I don't think Batman Beyond's very interesting. Maybe that's why his face is so big and on the box is because he's like the big thing in this movie and the main Batman is this tiny little guy. Maybe that's why they have it visually that way. Maybe. All right, that'll wrap it up this week with another Batman animated movie. We'll come back next week with another Batman film, uh, a more recent one. Uh, so we are leaving the VHS world. Figure it out. There's like only 80 of them you can choose from there's so many (laughs) we're doing something that relates more to the vhs nostalgia so maybe that'll help you a little bit i don't know figure it out but thanks for returning john yeah of course
helping out with Matt being sick and moving all at the same time. Yuck. Oof, double decker. But he doesn't have COVID, so that's good. Yeah. At least he avoided that, but he's still sick. Good luck with the move, Matt. All right, well, that'll wrap it up this week, so remember to be kind. Rewind.